1: Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. Top. Omaha. <laughs>
0: no, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Script Shop Show. My name is Jack, and I'm a mom now.
0: <laughs> and I'm Allison, and I'm, um... Don't. I... <laughs>
1: I'm afraid of where you're going (laughs) reciprocally
0: Uh, uh,
1: and you're a very well-adjusted young man who
0: I was gonna say I'm I'm a jack now obviously that's what I was gonna say
1: hi everybody Uh, this is our podcast where we talk about scripts
0: and screenwriters and what they've written and why they've written it and we try to get into their hearts and figure out what this means in terms of humanity Mm. give us the Nobel Peace Prize Somebody.
1: Wow. Well, or at least what it means to them. It doesn't necessarily have to be humanity on such a grand scale.
0: Well, Jack, humanity is, right, kind of universal for humans. Isn't that what it's about? Yeah, okay. So.
1: Yeah, but, we're, but that would involve asking everybody, and we're just talking to the person who wrote it. So it's true. about what it means to them. I'm not trying to but say But that, okay, isn't listen, that, you know,
0: couldn't that? You know what,
1: this, is, this, was, this show is your baby before you had your baby. <laughs> I'm in no business to tell you what this show oh, is. Oh, come on,
0: we do I'm this, really we're all in this together, you That's know true. that. That's true. Okay, whatever, it's different, it's all of us now. Mm-hmm. So, listeners, welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Um, if you have a script, if you have a screenplay, specifically a screenplay that you want to submit to the show, mm-hmm. you can do so by going to scriptshopshow.com slash submit, or by going to filmfreeway.com and looking us up. Online script shop. I think we're just script shop
1: on there. That sounds right. Uh, And you can send if you whether it's a short, whether it's a feature. uh, We're pretty open minded here on the show, actually, in terms of what uh, you can send
0: us, and then we uh, multi genre, multi type. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, things that accept multi genre, multi type. Pieces of work. Um, Script Shop Show is a partner with the Sendependent Film Festival in Cincinnati, Ohio, mm-hmm. which is happening August 23rd, 24th, 25th, 2018 at the Woodward Theater, which is in downtown Over the Rhine in Cincinnati, Ohio. Kind of pretty close to the river. It's beautiful.
1: Cincinnati's historic Over the mm. Rhine neighborhood.
0: Mm-hmm. I just like the way you say the that with your of, radio voice. What a kind thing to say.
1: With the with the home of the Woodward Theater, uh, Motor Pub is involved. They're right yep. across the street. The Mini
0: Micro Cinema, 21C is our hotel sponsor. But all of those cool perks aside, let's mm. just talk about the amazing films that we're going to be screening in downtown Cincinnati, and yours should be one of them. So check out org for more information.
1: And if you don't have something to submit, but you're, the idea of a film festival in Over the Rhine in summer sounds fun to you good news passes Duh. are on sale we have uh single ba ba. Ba ba, ba ba. day passes three- day passes the big VIP package you got a lot of options yeah uh, and you should go to syndependentfilmfest.org. everything is uh pretty well uh laid, laid out, out on there. there
0: yeah and if you do like supporting art go to oh. patreon.com and look up script shop where you can support our art this show and and give us some money. Lots of
1: plugs, lots of plugs, lots of plugs. But I want to. We're not trying to rush through all of the little bits of business and nice plugs that we say. are kind of rushing through right now. Right. But except, we're excited about the fact that we have our, an amazing script. We have an amazing script today, and our guest is nice enough to be in studio with us. We're looking at him right now. I know it, it's going to be weird because his mic's not on yet. So now it's a weird like. Is it? He's
0: just, that's (laughs) it, he's moving his mouth. It's Kent
1: Malloy, who was nice enough to come in studio with us to talk about his script Into the Sunset.
0: Right, so Into the Sunset is a 124-page Western feature with strong characters and what I call beautiful dialogue. It's not like a very poetic way of saying that, but it's gorgeous. It's
1: excellent character-driven dialogue. There's a bit of an odyssey of self-discovery to it. It's uh, really, really, really enjoyed reading this one. And I'm not just saying that because Kent's sitting three feet away from me.
0: He's holding up cute cards for you to read them.
1: Hold on. Can't move. I'll go back one. (laughs) It was really good. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you.
0: So should we just talk to him now? We
1: should. It's awkward not to at this point. Hi. Hello. Hi, Kent. Welcome. See, I'm going to go with the dueling radio
2: voice. <laughs> you're going to win. No, you're I'm going not. to win I'm every talking. time. That's about as far as I go with it.
1: <laughs> well, there's going to be a lot of compression that I'm going to put on this afterwards to make us both sound a lot better.
0: Sweet. Ooh, so Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. You're a Cincinnatian. I am. Let's talk about this idea of claiming your independence. Oh. What makes you happy about living in Cincinnati?
2: Oh, boy. Um, I'll go with recent history. Okay. Um, Blink.
0: To be mm. precise. Oh. Now. Oh, now you're speaking San-Zi. our language. No, no, there's
2: there's a uh, so I was born I was born here in 1963. <laughs> and uh, uh through a long course of many crazy and strange adventures uh did the great Midwestern triangle and ended up back here when I was uh halfway through college. And uh, I always liked the city, loved the river. Um, I love the size. Uh, uh I, I I am a big fan of big cities, but I like being able to get from point A to point B quickly and having a lot of the same things here. Um, my uh an initial foray into film in Cincinnati was when I was still in college, and I got hooked up with the uh, the Multimedia Entertainments Young People Specials. They're uh, half-hour children's dramas, or like the ABC After School Specials, but okay size yeah. Um. Bite-sized. And, and it bite-sized, and and this is something that happened here in Cincinnati. I didn't go to LA to do this. I didn't go to New, yeah. New York. I did it here, um, and that's been a theme throughout my very odd career. Um, uh, and we could talk about that in a bit if you want. But uh, when uh, you know, I, I've always been a, a big believer that uh, everything you need to do anything is here. Um, uh, Heck yeah, man. Uh, and and I have yet to be proven wrong. Cool. Um, and. Uh, but, you know, there was a stretch of time when I worked for an ad agency downtown, and this was in the uh, in the 90s, and it was still cool to be downtown, but the vibe was you go to work and you go home. There mm-hmm. wasn't a lot to do afterwards, and we used to talk about that. So, uh, you know, and, and, and when my uh, career took me off to the west side of town uh, to play with puppets um, – <laughs> And then, Who is uh, this guy? and then a lot uh, of teases, folks. Punk. And then, uh, and then up to where, uh, UC, where I've been for the past 11 and some change years. Uh, I haven't been downtown, mm. um, other than just visiting, you know, for, for whatever reason. So, uh, when, uh, went down to Blink the first night it opened. Which was, for those of you oh, that don't
1: know, it was a large scale art. citywide citywide art and light show where there were all sorts of lasers and projections onto buildings. It was hundred percent free. There was, was no engaging, sort of money making element to like it.
0: Physically engaging, you got to walk through lighted events. It was
2: the event of the year in the
1: city. It as was incredible. Far as I'm it
0: was
2: it was the best thing I've ever seen. Look um, it up
0: online. Um, I
2: you know walked I walked from Washington Park, which is you know pretty much the northern end of the thing, yep. down to the river. Yeah and they used we to did the other like, direction.
0: We did. We did. Jack and I had this lovely script shop as romantic as you can get with like completely platonic as, ro- <laughs> as romantic as you can get without it being weird. Right. Night where the two of us and Brant
1: and Brant and my Brandt. One, and
0: my one rosé as a my little rosé cider beer. That's right. Yeah, we walked from the river all the way up just like
1: what? And just took it all. Right. We, and, we and and it didn't
2: seem, yeah. We, and it didn't seem like it took any time at all. And I suddenly realized right. this is amazing. not that big a place. Right. But beyond that, the energy and the smiling people, and I mean, I I had a homeless guy come up and not ask me for money. He gave me a fist bump and a high five because the band that was playing was so good.
0: Yeah. Everything about it and, was uh, so good.
2: It just it just changed everything. I mean, that's one of the reasons why, And I know you said we'll we'll talk about Winterfell, but that's why I wanted to take it downtown this year. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, the, so the, the art and it was a giant event that was free. Million people went down there. Yeah. From what I read, there wasn't a single crime committed, and it was all about the arts. It yes. Amazing. And that. That was everything.
0: It and it's coming back
2: next year, Yep, which I'm super stoked about.
0: Yeah, so after you come to Cincinnati for the Sun independent film festival, come right. back for Blink, and we'll see you there. We can all yeah. walk platonically through the city together. <laughs> it's a
1: <laughs> wonderful <laughs> way for platonic people to spend time together.
0: And if you don't want it to be platonic, Jack's single. He likes to go to Hap's Irish Pub. That's true. And we can get into <laughs> some of that later as well. So let's talk about winter film okay. and your work in Cincinnati as a film organizer.
2: Okay, so uh, um, I remember years ago um, when I uh, first started working at at UC, and I'd been out of the film scene for a while uh, for a number of reasons. And uh, some of the people I met at UC who were faculty members there, I I was staff at the time, um, were involved in this organization called SOFA, Southern Ohio Film Association, and they they highly suggested I get to be a part of it. So I started. Is it a
0: sectional or is it a love seat?
2: It's a. uh, Yikes. It's it's a. (laughs) It's a convertible. <laughs> um,
0: okay. Anyway,
2: um, I was going to say sofa bed, but we're talking platonic here. Oh, so, uh, oh, nice. I'm trying. Um, I just completely lost where I was going with that. Uh, so uh, uh, the yeah. So uh, uh, by getting involved in sofa, um, I started. I found out about these 48 hour film festivals. Oh yeah. They do. So it's a it's a it's a weekend long. Uh, at 6 p.m. on a Friday. You've already got your team assembled. You draw a genre out of a hat. They give you a character name, a line of dialogue, and a prop, and you have forty-eight hours to write, make movie, shoot, make a movie, and edit, get it turned in. Everything. That's cool. And so, uh, and I love it. I really love it. I did it six times. Uh, the the fifth time, uh, I tied for best director, and the sixth time, we got best film and best director, and uh, like best a of bunch course. of my my crew did amazing stuff. We got enough that we were like, okay, well now what? I mean, not that we shouldn't do it again because it is a lot of fun, but we, we, you know, now we have to think about what we're going to do. Yeah. And I just kept thinking, you know, as much as I love the, the 48s and and it is a really great uh, experiment in, in uh, doing something with no time, you know, uh, how creative can you be like that? But uh, at least in my experience for, for my own films, they never were quite as good as I wanted them to be. Mm -hmm. So I started thinking, well, what if he had more time, you know, what if he had a month and then what if, Vince, if you had a month when the local or the industry was kind of at a lull. So what if you did it during the winter when a lot of the pros are actually available to do stuff? This is cool. And mm-hmm. what if you took away a lot of the have to do this, have to do that, have to do the other? And so to me, I, and I'm a story freak. Tell me a good story. I don't care what it looks like. Tell me a good story. So that became, for me, the main thing is tell me the best story you can and we'll give you a really broad theme. Just so we're all kind of coming at it from the same direction. Mm-hmm. But the theme can be – if you can convince me that you've hit the theme, then you've hit the theme. Okay. So, like, the first year was winter. And I, and, and I told a lot of the folks, you know, that doesn't mean because we're in winter, it needs to be outside and there needs to be snow, which I don't think there was any that
0: year. And mm-hmm. it would be miserable. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. So uh, I said, if you have a story about a guy alone on a desert island, that could be a wintry story. So convince oh. me. Convince yeah, it could be me, in no. the winter Isolation. of his discontent. Ab- oh, yes, Jack. Absolutely. Oh. Or, or to red-green at the winter of my discount tent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody gets that, you get a dollar. Wow. Um, so uh, uh, that's kind of where it started. And uh, the first year we had uh, pretty good attendance. And the second year we had terrible attendance, uh, like uh, six teams and only four turned in. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, well, this is run its course because I was also concerned that we were starting to see uh, what I was calling a, a competition fatigue because there was the the, the Sofa, uh, uh, you know, there was winter film and there was a 48 here and there was a 48 in Columbus mm-hmm. and there was a 48 there. And, and and they have a MOFA, which is the, uh, the Columbus version of Sofa. Mid-Ohio. Uh, part, Mid-Ohio film. Yeah. Um, they Missed were doing,
0: opportunity for like a slang curse word.
2: I yeah, think. well, that, I, I, yeah, that, that, you're probably right. There. Yeah, um, Mofa. <laughs> um, they were doing a bunch of like short little three day festivals, you know, <laughs> things like the Forty Eight, and then then uh, and I just thought, um, I forget what I thought. It was something about
0: Eureka. That. You we were Eureka. talking about
2: festival uh, competition oh, oh, right, fatigue. Right. So, so I almost didn't do it the third year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I had people hitting my door with rocks saying, please do it. Please do it. Please do it. I thought, well, okay, we'll try it one more time. And I think we had 18 teams enter Holy and cow. the next year we had 26 teams enter. Wow. Uh, and, uh, the year with that, we had the 26, 24 of them turned in, which meant that our awards and screening ceremony was six plus hours long. Wow. <laughs> and
0: awards and screening at the same time.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. and that was, a uh, uh, that was financial more than anything else because, uh, uh, so like like the, the first winter film, the way we got a venue is we were at the 20th century in Oakley because uh, one of the prizes I got for the 48 for winning that year was a Thursday night screening. screening. at you the You used century. your
0: prize had, to screen all the movies from your new festival. Yeah, I'd like brilliant. to say that was uh, uh, very
2: philanthropic, but I just didn't have anything to show. I, mean, I wasn't going to be ready for with a film in the year I had. So like, well, hey, why don't you <laughs> sounds some like it all and... worked out. So, uh, so we did it there, and then, um, uh, and then, yeah. So after after last year, it was just like, well, now what do we do? Went to Blink and thought, okay, this, yeah. this is it's time to it's time to take this down to where that energy is. Um, not a thing against the 20th century. I love that place. Yeah. My mom used to go there when she was a kid, you know, that, that to me, uh, we actually filmed a young people special there when I was doing those things back in the day. So I have a very warm spot in my heart for that. Um, this year, the thing that we did realize was because we kept, bra- it was just exactly breaking even every year. There was never any extra money made. And if we tried to do two days of the event somewhere, we weren't going to have enough money to rent the venue both days. Yeah. So it had to be everything all at once. That makes yeah. sense. Um, so, uh, so I thought. Well, this year, let's limit the number of teams just to keep the the duration down, and we actually shortened the length of the films. This could be from twelve minutes to ten minutes, mm-hmm. and um, it worked out just about perfectly. I can't really imagine how the event downtown could have been any better. Um, the 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 teams that were down there in the audience were just off the hook, excited, and I mean, even like you know, there were a couple little minor technical difficulties we had to overcome really quick, like uh, the sun was shining. On the front of the Woodward, which was reflecting in the windows across the street, which was shining through the wrought iron grating on the fire (laughs) uh, fire escape, (laughs) over the top of our uh, winter film banner, and had this really groovy pattern on the screen. (laughs) And -hmm. when a car would go by, somebody walked by, it looked like it looked almost like shadow art. It was really cool, Mm -hmm. but. uh, so, uh, some quick thinking and a piece of, uh, black fabric solved that problem. That'll nice. do it. Well,
0: good. I'm going to take that note for an independent film fest and not to Spanks make things for breaking the ice on that. Is that right? <laughs> he, he forged that trail. <laughs> I did. It
2: was, a uh, uh, uh it, was, it it was a great place for it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I can't think of anything that would have made it better. Well,
1: and ever. not to make things too Cincinnati-oriented on this show, because we even though we love the city very much, and I really do mean it when I say I like showing the city off, you talked about recent history being so important. And I moved to Cincinnati in 2006. Mm-hmm. And that was right when so many different things were changing downtown and in over the Rhine. And it was going from a fairly problematic drug and crime area into—it was, it was gentrified quite a bit and it's very popular now and it's a great area and it there's there's casual people and families coming in there when there weren't before and that history has been so cool to have seen in person play out since 2006 when i came here
2: oh absolutely you know the number of new places i'm discovering that you know hitting up friends to meet for a drink or you know a a meeting of some kind all all of our film meetings we have all the time on all of our amazing (laughs) projects um have to be in different places each time just have to right you
0: gotta try Uh, everything out
2: so uh uh, yeah it's, it's it's really exciting uh oh, I'm thrilled.
1: So, Kent, you said you like stories, mm-hmm. and you sent us a heck of a story, and right. we can still get into, like, your influences and stuff here, but I feel like there's just so much in the script so that I want to get about. into. Let's okay. go, Jack. Uh, lead
0: us into the sunset. So,
1: uh, there we go. Well, I'm, I will let Saul lead us into mm-hmm. the sunset. Uh, Kent wrote us a script called Into the Sunset, and it, you said it's a 124-page yeah. feature? I mean,
0: it's technically 123. I always include the title page. Okay. <laughs>
1: I
2: see
0: how you
1: are. I feel like it covers (laughs) so much ground. It's, it's, It's a road trip movie, which as I was reading it, really started making me think about all of the great road trip movies that I've seen. I started just doing a list of them. Little Miss Sunshine, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, Rain Man, filmed in Cincinnati, Pee Wee's Big Adventure is a road movie, mm-hmm. the Robert Downey Jr., Zach Galifianakis due date, which is sort of like a modern update yes. to Planes, Trains, Road Trip Movie, Tommy Boy, Cannonball Run, Smokey and the Bandit, The Muppet Movie. There's so many The
2: Muppet Movie. Great oh, it
1: just made my whole life. Right? <laughs> you live and breathe. That's true. There's so many just great road trip movies and I wanted to ask you what you think it is about being on the road and maybe traveling with a buddy in story form like that, that I think is just such a unique form of storytelling.
2: Oh, that's a really good question, because when I started writing this, it wasn't exactly a road movie. Oh, really? I was, more, I was more interested in the idea of what does a Western look like now? Yeah. Okay. Um which is which heart. is part of you know some of the things that you may have may I probably noticed like you know our our hero Saul, is a courier, he drives a Mustang, he's the Pony Express, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that was kind of my idea. So what what do these things look like now? And and that's not an original idea. I'm not going to pretend that I came up with that. Sure, very first guy ever. But the 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 road trip part of it, the uh the the idea of somebody doing something they feel they have to do. With the help of someone that they don't really want the help of, yeah. It, 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 but you know, of course, that'll—it's it's the buddy aspect of
1: it. Yeah, know, builds that, camaraderie.
2: Yeah, um, I find that fascinating, and and I don't know, there might be a piece of me that wishes I could go do that right now. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, there's there's a freedom wanderlust. To yeah, 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 and uh, and uh, that to me is really appealing. So uh, I think I think that to me that's where it kind of started. Uh, in in that piece of the uh, the story is uh in fact you know I, I, now that i think about it when i first started writing it um i was this thing's gone through 18 revisions <laughs> mm-hmm. um and the first version had nothing to do with anything you guys have read okay um uh, uh involved uh, uh the 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 red record and constantine Rafanesque and uh, uh it's a uh, holy cow <laughs> it's a constantine Rafanesque was this crazy historian uh naturalist maybe charlatan who uh claims he had a thing called the wallam olam which was the oh, i'm gonna get this wrong uh oh crap i'll have to i'll have to remember what the uh what the um tribe was the Lenape, i think
0: mm-hmm.
2: um they uh it, it was their bible it was this folded bark thing that was their equivalent of a bible that he claimed that he was given mm-hmm. and discovered and and so i thought that was a really interesting story and i wanted oh. to write about this guy trying to get that someplace i was i was looking for something that would be important enough that if somebody took it on a on a road trip on a quest okay there was a good reason for someone to be chasing him
0: right
1: okay well yeah. so that that thread
2: makes it in there to
0: this right thing. yeah and well, and it, and and it,
2: it does uh, uh and it's kind of funny because uh, uh at one point I started thinking do I actually have to explain this can't it just be a thing mm-hmm. so uh, uh, uh but I, I was trying to write, I was trying to figure out how long it would take to get from Philly to Cincinnati to where where did I have to go to make this film last the right amount of distance and I spent versions trying to get that right and adding parts in involving, the mother of the, of the woman and I mean, all the stuff that just finally got, you know, gently edited with a sharp hatchet mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, because it made no sense. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, I, I, it suddenly hit me. Uh, years ago, I was trying to figure out, it was one of my first attempts at a short, and I was working with a friend of mine named Amber Michel up in Columbus, and we drove up there, and she was showing me all these really cool locations that I could use. And so I started writing a story based on the locations, and it was the worst thing I've ever written. It was terrible. It was awful.
3: Hmm.
1: Because so the, you didn't have a story and you were just basing it around right. locations. Yeah,
2: I, I was just trying to trying fit to something it. into an available place to shoot. Okay. And, uh, and uh, I know that some people even will will say, you know, try to limit your locations. It'll make doing your indie film easier. This silly thing I've written has, I think, at least 40 locations from here to the Pacific Ocean.
1: I made a note about how many, how cool the scouting location gig would be for this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! I'm looking
2: forward to that one, and I'm saying that looking forward to it as is because it's going to happen, right? Yeah,
0: this, mm-hmm. this yeah man.
2: So, uh, uh, that that all turned into let's make it simple. Let's focus on the story, and then the story at that point started to evolve into what what it is now, um, which. Uh, I feel a lot better about.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah.
2: Did that answer your question?
1: Yeah. At all? No, I love it. <laughs> I, 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 I just wanted to hear your take on things mm-hmm. as far as that goes.
0: I really, I know that we have some time because we've got him here, but I would, there's like five core characters in this. We've got Saul, mm-hmm. Gwen, Bixby, Baron, and Stetson. Mm-hmm. And so Gwen and Bixby fit into the buddy component. Gwen, of course, is the person you don't, she, he doesn't want the help from, but is there to help him anyway.
1: Yeah, she ser- inserts herself into Saul's life. He's on this sort of mission west.
0: Yeah, I guess we should lay out a little bit about what's happening. Well, we're doing it. Okay. And so we've got uh, Saul's on a mission out west. Gwen finds herself going with him. Bixby is kind of just the buddy. Like, what's what's Bixby's, what do you think Bixby's purpose is here?
1: Well, support. He's support.
0: there. He's yeah. If, if you're Emotional ta- support. If
1: you're talking road movies that we mentioned <sighs> before, uh, if Saul is Kermit Bixby's Fozzie,
0: okay. Uh yeah.
1: he's yep. he's there to help out. provide. So he's a sidekick. Uh, and then Gwen can be Miss Piggy. Not uh, uh, it's not <laughs> all I like exact one to one. They do go to a fair at some point. I and do. Yes. Uh oh.
0: <laughs> did you just copied that whole? Movie. <laughs> I did. I did. You 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 caught me.
2: Dang it! I'll leave now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Baron is our bad guy also. So Baron is a collector of specialty items. Yes. Right. And uh, and then his henchman is Stetson.
1: Who's, been, who's chasing our group of heroes across the country. Who
0: have something that Baron wants. Mm-hmm. That pretty much lays it all out. I'd say. Why don't we just read the first scene?
1: That's true. Our, our selection is from the opening.
0: Yeah, and then we'll jump into the rest of it from right. there. Cool. So, listeners, as you're listening, um, I'm going to be reading for Gwen, um, Jack's going to be reading for Saul, and Frank will be doing our stage directions here.
1: I've been uh, drinking iced coffee all day with the specific intent of wanting to sound a little more like the way Saul sounds in my head when I was reading this. it? Where where Oops, does, sorry.
0: Oh, thanks. Why does iced coffee make you sound that
1: way? Uh, something about coffee just, they it, it get that little bit of like goo Taste. on my throat, and yeah. like it makes me, I feel like I can talk with a little more depth after I've been drinking coffee, as opposed to like drink, drinking water. All right. It's probably, I'm sure there's something that's not very healthy, that's related to it, but I just know how it works oh, that's for fine.
0: me. That's cool. You know, character actor over there. Yeah, that's right. That's cool. <laughs> So, Frank. Yep. Whenever you're ready.
3: Um, just to uh, make our listeners aware, this is the very beginning of the script. Usually we talk about where we jump in. Oh, right? that's true. Yeah. Interior bus, morning. A hand rests quietly on the armrest of a worn seat. There is a scar forming on it from a recent burn. Shadows play across it as miles are ticking by. The seat is reclined. A beat to hell cowboy hat pulled down over the eyes of a lanky man graying at the temples. Long legs. Denim and a leather boots in the seat next to him is a long case, which is chained to his right wrist The bus is mostly empty Across the aisle and a row back from him. A woman sits in the window seat She looks at him intently Eventually, he stirs pulling his seat into the upright position and shifts his hat back into its natural attitude He sits still for a bit with his eyes closed letting them adjust to the bright sunlight before he finally opens them. Fifteen. Ma'am?
0: Fifteen? The number of times you've adjusted your seat in the past half hour every two minutes. I timed it.
1: Comfort's relative.
0: The way I figure it, you've traveled a half mile farther than I have in the same amount of time just by sitting in that particular seat.
1: You know, you have a strange sense of etiquette when it comes to introductions.
0: My mother always said I was a discerning and obstinate gnome. Your mother? My uncle always said my mother needed to keep out of the catnip. I'm Gwen.
1: Good to meet you, Gwen. Call me Ishmael. Serious? For now.
0: Well, Mr. Melville, as long as we're on this big old whale of a bus, I guess I can live with that.
3: Well, I guess.
0: See? Every two minutes. A girl could time an egg bite you.
3: Gwen gets out of her seat and moves to the aisle seat directly across from him.
0: So... What's in the case?
1: Bees. Hundreds of them, actually. Trained to sting the lips of overly inquisitive Muppets.
0: You're not much of one for the truth, are you?
1: This is my vest, whence I keep my hand close. I don't know you, ma'am.
0: Something I'm trying to rectify. It helps when we all play by the same rules. No draw, no wild cards. And I'm bored. Bored, bored, bored! You're more interesting than anything else within arm's reach. Besides, my battery's dead. No more tiny computer distractions.
3: Saul studies her for a moment, and then looks out the window. The name's Saul.
0: (laughs) I liked Ishmael better.
3: Well, to
1: each their own.
0: What happened to your hand? Housework. I see. You know, I don't own much. But at least I own my name. You don't. It doesn't fit. Too biblical. Oh, that's nice. Well, that's settled. I'm going to call you Ishmael until that other name fits.
1: And how will you do that?
0: Discerning an obstinate gnome. I'll observe.
1: Don't you think that might take a bit longer than the time we have left us?
0: Oh, I'm going where you are.
1: I don't think so, ma'am. Not to be rude, but I don't think so.
0: Cincinnati! The bus stops there. End of the line.
3: Saul grins to himself. Mm. Touche.
0: You're interesting. Not that interesting besides i already know quite a bit about you
3: i think the lady exaggerates saul shifts in his seat again and prepares to lean it back
0: 17 there's our start Scene. Oh, i want to play that character i didn't even know <laughs> she was going to come out of me like that
1: <laughs> that's fun kent this is a really cool script i really like even just the way it starts uh it, it's real playful dialogue. It's still very character based, right? And and right from the beginning, you're you're laying groundwork for little hints that will that that mean something and that pay off later. It I think it's just it's really really well composed and structured, and I and right from the start, the the character work begins right from go. Oh, thank you.
0: When did you start screenwriting?
2: Uh, at this level this is it
0: yeah i guess
2: this is it yeah this is this is my first feature now i've, I've written i've written <laughs> little shorts uh, i've done you know shorts for 48s um
0: how do you know to do this then uh, well you
2: did say
1: you did say like this is it, it's been polished a bit this is the, yeah, 18th yeah, the 18th
2: version um uh i so when you talk about the the dialogue um to me that's everything one, one of my favorite movies of all time is charade with carrie grant and oh Aubrey geez Hepburn. yeah it's classic and uh the way that they did the dialogue in that, and, and you know, in a way, in a lot of films from that era, it's it feels to me, even though they're doing the I can't remember the name of it, but it's that it's that accent that, that oh, uh, the the Cary Grant accent, yeah, yeah. Um, um, it's Umar.
0: uh, it's like American standard, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so
2: yeah. even even though there's that, it's my MFA it's... <laughs> showing
0: off or my BFA showing off. I don't have an MFA, but... <laughs> <laughs>
2: are you kidding? It's <laughs> this, we're on the radio, they can't tell, today, huh. so um. Uh it's, it, it's real. It's the way people talk. You know, when I talk to you, I don't say, hey, did you do that one thing? And right. you say, "Why, well, yes, I did do that one thing. Right. And then we go back and forth in a linear fashion. You know, a conversation goes, oh, and then you're distracted, especially me. Like I said, I'm, I'm distracted by shiny things and lobsters. So, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, I'll say one thing and you'll respond to that. And then you'll think about whatever weird thing I just said. And I'll talk about something else. And you'll go, well, wait a minute. What about that thing? And it use back and forth and in and out. And yeah. to me, that is just extraordinarily Huge fun to write. Yeah. Um, Also, it means that sometimes I get 10 pages into what should be a a four-sentence exchange and then have to go, oh. Yeah, okay, maybe I need to back off a little bit. So but. you
0: have more material, and then you can edit it down for focus. Right.
2: Yeah, it goes back to that gentle editing with a sharp hat. <laughs>
0: <then, you> know?
1: <laughs> well, and that's the tricky part, especially with dialogue early on. There is a certain amount of exposition that you're going to have to get into, and mm-hmm. that's I feel like that's a, a very tricky thing to make it seem conversational, especially when you have two people who are... You're, you're, the luxury in this script is that you have two people who don't know each other, who are getting to know each other for the first time, mm-hmm. so that you, you have there's a little more leeway in terms of of formal introduction that you're also bringing the audience in on. I, right.
0: Yeah, I can automatically, I can think of at least two really popular, this is not, that's not that great of a thing, but like the idea of people getting to know each other on buses too is, mm. a, is an incredible theme. They do it in um, oh, Jim Carrey, Kate Winslet, she's got orange hair.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless yes. Mind. yep,
0: yep, yep. And one of my favorite plays is called Wonder of the World and the main character, Cass, gets to know somebody on a bus out, like one of those places where, where people have nothing to do, and so they start fussing with each other mm-hmm. is amazing. Well, when and you've talked conflict.
1: here on this show about people that we've had on as guests, that your first interaction with them was, was on, on a bus, a bus somewhere. Oh. Yes,
0: I love that. Well, and,
2: and the first time I started, when I started, draft number one actually started with the uh, the way you don't want to ever start anything anymore, person waking up. <laughs> you know, I had done that and then I i swear it couldn't have been like 20 minutes after I finished that scene I was reading some article somewhere and I said yeah you don't 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 do that
0: don't Just, start that do, way don't, don't start that. well your characters are so well formed from the beginning mm-hmm. how do you work on character development
2: um I kind of this is going to sound really esoteric um but I I think I, I kind of let them write themselves yeah um I sort of know who they are I I mean I think I think I know who Saul is um uh, and I think I know who Bixby is. I re- wasn't really sure who Gwen was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, other than basing her really, I mean, when I say slightly, I mean, ever so slightly, just like a personality type of somebody who was a, a dear friend of mine. Um, but it was almost just an image versus a person.
0: A feeling, a tone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, yeah.
2: And, uh, and and the end result is nothing to what I started with. Mm-hmm. Uh so, I, I and I like just seeing where where people lead each other, you know, what, what happens yeah. when, you know, like when I'm out with my friends and we're, you know, we're talking and, and the conversation goes over there and all of a sudden we're, you know, drinks are coming out of our noses, we're laughing so hard <laughs> and we started out talking about taxes, you know, it just, I love that, so.
1: But in order for the characters to be able to write themselves, you have to know where they're coming from and I think you said you knew who Saul was, you know, yeah. who, and so, this...
2: Oh, okay, so, well, so Saul um, – and, and I've, I've thought about this a lot, uh, some, some conversations I've had uh, with my wife and some other people. Um, I think Saul's a little piece of who I, I would like to think I would be in that same situation. Yeah, same. Um, uh, if, if something happens so horrible – what would I do, you know? Yeah. When I check
0: do you want out... to fill our listeners in on what happens? To oh, Saul? sure.
2: Okay, okay. So, uh, yeah, that'd be a good idea. I keep forgetting this is. Uh, this well, they've is all a, read it all for sure, it. and they're not just listening to the show for the heck of it. All right. So, so, uh, uh, so, Saul is is taking this this case that is has the ashes of his his dead wife, um, and he had promised that he would take her to the coast, and uh, fail She died when he finally decided you know okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do this this is stupid i'm, I'm putting i'm letting my work get in, in the way which i think is something i feel like i sometimes do mm-hmm. even though i tell myself i would never do that mm-hmm. um uh that to me kind of resonates and i think there's an awful lot of people who put their whatever before the thing that's important um yeah and so that kind is where he came from he's he's somebody who realizes he should stop doing that and he stopped doing it too late yeah um
0: it's never too late says gwen that's right it
2: is especially since she has a secret of sorts. Um, That was the, uh, you know, so so, so to me that's that's who Saul is. You know, the fact that, uh, and one of the big struggles I had in the story is getting the box away from him and getting him to get it back. Right. And I spent, there's five or six versions of where that part of the story, um, there's even a part where the, the whole scene where she talks about I saw you take that box from my store. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a whole scene. That was okay. a whole thing that actually happened, and it just never, never, ever read right. And mm. it, it didn't feel right. It felt forced. And that's when I, and you know, when I finally started thinking, do I have to explain this? Does this matter? Why he lost? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. At all. So uh that was that was actually a liberating moment when i suddenly it sort of hit me it's like well this is either brilliant or terrible but uh that's where it is now mm-hmm. well and as
1: far as the audience knows all the, as the as the script plays itself out we know that saul is heading west and this girl sort of hitches in with him through a series of maybe not accidents but kind of accidentally mm-hmm. which is
0: which is like very intriguing and yes. mysterious that you're not sure what is accidental or intentional the more you get into the story.
1: Right, and she's a bit of a troublemaker, and he's very straight-laced, and then his buddy Bixby, who's more or less at first just there to be the car guy because they're piling into this this ride that may not be reliable to take this big trip west, and they're all getting chased by this dude. This This
0: dark, ominous dude in a charger stetson stetson who
1: i think at one point bixby describes as like having seen a snake that turned into a person
0: and i love when they're all going through the carnival Yeah. and bixby's just like i got about this and stetson's like slowly stalking them poaching trying to get them and there's just something weird about this dude which is funny because in the end he turns out to be a pretty good guy or i mean he's not good but you know he's just more likable right before well, th- he goes that up was, in flames.
2: That was uh, yeah, that was <laughs> hey, right before yeah, before
0: he. I love that. I laughed out loud. Like, <laughs> I like that kind of thing.
2: But uh, yeah, the, one of my favorite things was having him uh, come out of the door with a donut in his mouth yes! and a cup of coffee. And yes! It's like all of a sudden it's like oh, this evil dude just kind of a dude. <laughs> Ugh,
0: I just imagine like a lanky dude with long legs, Wranglers yeah. and boots, with the donut balanced on his coffee cup, trying and then he finally having right a human moment. Yeah. It was awesome.
1: Anything in particular where you drew this Stetson sort of focused tracker almost to a supernatural level where he can just follow these people no matter where they go? Yeah.
2: Well, since, you know, since, uh, as I like to, you know, when I'm talking about the the film, it's like doing the, 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 trying to tease people. It says, you know, these, these, these three people are, you know, running across the country doing one last job Mm -hmm. and they may or may not be being chased by the devil.
0: Mm -hmm. So I
2: thought, well, who would the devil hire? You know, what would that person be like?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, did the devil hire him? Mm-hmm. Is he just uh, a thing that's part of the devil? Yeah, I mean, sure. Yes. So, so uh, he's kind of like an enigma wrapped in a tortilla wrapped in a mystery. You
3: know,
0: <laughs> kind of, yeah, right. Well, that brings up Baron and also some of the larger metaphorical surprises of the script. Metaphor is like my... Favorite word of the recording day well yeah He's talking about metaphor 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 well, it's,
1: we're talking about scripts after all there's a lot of metaphors metaphor here it makes Maybe. sense
0: and um so baron of course as our resident bad guy mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about him
2: well he started out really just as the uh the really typical over rich i get what i want super corporate business guy mm-hmm. and uh uh, this is this is this is one of the things I told you I was going to talk about that uh, that just changed everything with the story. And we were, I was about fourteen drafts in, and everything was coming together pretty well. But I just wasn't. I couldn't come up with the re. I still didn't understand why Baron was chasing him. You know, it's like, wh- who is that obsessive that somebody stole a small thing from them? Right. They would be that freaked out about it. Mm-hmm to the point they'd hire somebody. It just, it doesn't make sense. I mean, mm-hmm. you can say, okay, he's obsessive. He's, you know, a freak, freakish collector. He's, you know, he's been crossed and he will have his day. And, uh, I was just, I'll never forget this. I'm sitting on the sofa just, and, and my, my wife, uh, uh, Joe is hugely helpful in this story. Cause uh, I'll, I'll talk things out with her and she's got this amazing ability to see bits of story that I don't, She she'll tell me, oh, it's really cool. You did that thing. And I'm like, I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, cool. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) That's really great.
2: Um, But one thing she said was, I think it's really interesting that you set this up so uh, there isn't anything that happens in this without Saul's instigation. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Ah. Wow, that's cool, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But we're talking and she said, you know, it'd be really cool if Baron was the devil. And I went, (laughs) and it was like, I started thinking about it's like, that solves every single problem I had. Yeah. And and at that point, it was whether he really is or isn't didn't even matter. But if we can set that up so that felt like a thing. Right. And then it just kind of evolved out of that. I mean, it takes the
0: script to a whole new level where the metaphor drops down deeper Mm -hmm. and it makes everything more poignant, more livable, mm-hmm. more breathable, and, and all the motiva- motivations more distinct because they have that pressure yeah. against them the whole time. Yeah, It's awesome.
1: And all the way through, it because the reveal of Baron being the devil comes late in the script. There, There's almost been a feeling of resolution by the time he rears his ugly head at, at the end to make this sort of pronouncement where we're like, oh, there's something going on. But all throughout it, there's just this real light sprinkling of... Slightly supernatural, kind of fairy tale-ish sort of elements mm-hmm. that makes it feel like it's a little foggy on the edges and uh, dream-like. Mm-hmm. And I think the, once the moment when Baron shows up there at the end, and because you think he's gone, right? He, we thought that we had dealt with the bad guy, and now we're just sort of having our closing moments with the hero resolving his past, and then boom, bad guy shows up again. It's such a wild, surprising, but also if you're following it all the way through, it's not that much of a sh- – it's not out of nowhere if you're, if you're paying attention. I it, really enjoy that
2: part of it. Oh, thank you. It's funny you should say that because uh, I, I submitted this to a couple of uh, 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 script competitions, and uh, the hardest thing to do about this was, first of all, say what genre it was because I mm-hmm. always want you to pick a genre or two. I'm like, it's a uh, – I should have just said road movie. Um, <laughs> um, but the other, what I was using was, uh, you know, it's sort of modern Westerns, partially supernatural thriller. And, and they were all like, but the supernatural part doesn't happen to the very end. So that sucks.
1: No, Fix come it. on, man. When, I
0: mean, it's gotta be there from the beginning when they're at the bar
1: and the guy whose name is Jack, who's playing this card cards. game with them and reading tarot cards, but they're poker cards and telling the audience exactly
2: what's about to happen for the next hour and a half. Right.
1: That's that's huge.
2: Well, and and it's funny you should say that because we did a table read of this. uh, uh, It's probably been about three years ago now. Is that possible? Uh Good Lord. Um, And uh, when we got to the end of it, so there's uh, there's uh, Jack and there's uh, the the little girl at the fair. Yes. And there's uh, and there's Indigo. Mm -hmm. That's the same person. Ugh. Oh, That's that makes a ton those of sense. are those are the spirit guides, yes. and they're all wearing blue, which is the same color as the Mustang. They're helping guide him mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. The, that's you know, I didn't even get that, and yeah. that's what I love because I didn't. I, I hope people don't, you know. I want people to get that, like you know, after they after they've seen the movie and they're sitting around drinking with their friends and they yep. go,
0: "Whoa, wait a minute!" And okay. then they go back and see it again. Oh, go, oh, well, and there's man. such a
1: visual element to that too. If you're talking about like a theme of blue running through it, that yeah. would be that would play much better, I think, on screen.
0: Of course. Yeah, gosh, man, um, I did want. I know we just touched on Gwen a little bit, but I did notice that, um, and this is interesting because we just had this interview with Amy McCorkle from mm-hmm. Rise. But Baron calls her bipolar a lot and tries to like insinuate that she's not what she is, as mm-hmm. if he, you know, is, he's the he's the bad angel and she's the good angel in this whole scenario or something. Yeah, like why does he do that to her?
2: Um, well, because he's right. She isn't what she seems, at least not to Saul. <sighs> well, that's true. So uh, it was like, what can I, you know, how much can I, uh, can I jab people in the eye with what's really going on without giving it
0: away? <laughs> yeah, um,
2: was
1: that the twist of her being more than what she seems to Saul? Was that something that was always there from you, right from the beginning?
2: Um, sort of. Uh, the, the it started out where I liked the idea of her as the character, and and her suddenly realizing that she was his wife. Mm-hmm. you know, that's who she was. And she was trying to keep him from doing something that was going to damn them both. Yeah. Um, uh, was when, when that hit, that was like, Oh, this is, this is okay. This is now, now I know what the heart of the story is.
0: She's kind of a guardian angel. In a way. Yeah, she, oh, yeah.
2: she sort of is. And she's also, uh, 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 you know, she's not, she's not, what she, like one of my favorite moments when I was writing was when I came up with, uh, Stetson finding them in the campsite and they think he's after the box and he takes her. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Um, They're uh, changing the flat tire and she leaves. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, wait, what? So I I, I love that idea where, you know, she's trying to save him and she's not sure she can. So now she's taking matters into her own hands to go in a different direction. But at the big
1: moment at the end when it's really up to Saul to make a decision, there's a a lot of very explicit moments in the dialogue and in the action headings where she's sort of standing back and she's told him, I want you to do the right thing here, but this is your decision and I'm leaving this ultimately up to you. This huge, basically cosmic decision that he has to make when he's confronted with the devil in the big climax. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that that was that was intentional. I, I very much wanted uh, it to, you know, seem like he was being led to that and was going to be manipulated. And then in the end, it was it was it had to be him because mm-hmm. you know it was his idea, right? Depending on how you look at the script, to take the trip in the first place,
0: right? Right. Um, sort of. Sort of.
2: <laughs> it's I- interesting that you said
1: that. Uh, that you wanted, that your idea of uh, Jack, this car dealer who tells some fortunes in the very beginning, Mm -hmm. and then this little girl who's at the carnival that they're at, who's acting kind of mysterious and does a lot of staring and steals Saul's wallet at one point to sort of guide things around. And then near the end, about three quarters of the way through, when Saul and Bixby are hitching a ride on this train, and they're in the boxcar, and this Indigo guy is there who is also doing a lot of what I thought Jack did, and I mm-hmm. was kind of curious about why Indigo was there. I didn't make the connection that there was a through line between him and the girl because I wondered what Indigo was doing when he's basically just doing what Jack did in the beginning. But that makes a lot more sense now.
2: Yeah, it was like a, a, he even says at one point something to the effect of, "If you leave the train on that side of the tracks, right? You know, yeah, it's if, basically he's crossing. No the, they're crossing back. the river. Mm-hmm. You know, once once you cross the river, there's no coming wow. back. Um, uh, and and that to me." Uh, uh, and he he almost didn't start out that way it was more of just a, a character to add a little piece of uh you know in the in a way the original version of that scene was almost a comic fight scene um you know this this old guy who's you know giving him crap turns out to be you know this I pictured Iggy Pop when I was writing the character. I can see that very easily
1: because it's. I I wondered for a little when I was curious about when I didn't understand what Indigo was doing there, and he Mm -hmm. does have this fight with Saul where he's trying to kick him off the train, and they're getting into just a straight fist fight, and it's one of the only moments of like actual physical violence in the script. Mm -hmm. There's a fight earlier that happens between Saul and Baron, but it's purely just a word fight. They're, when they're sort of they're, they're at Baron's house, Saul is trying to get Gwen back for the first time. They're in Baron's room of collections, and mm-hmm. Saul is seeing all this stuff that Baron has. And Baron's kind of showing it off, and this Baron, who again turns in, ultimately is the devil, is a pretty egotistical dude. Right. He and Saul are having this moment back and forth where they're defining each other. Mm-hmm. And it, it really feels like a fight, but purely with words, where they're, they're trying to put each other in boxes. Oh, I thought that
2: you. was an extremely cool scene. Oh, thank you, thank you. It was. Uh, uh, I started to worry once I finished it. Um, I worried a little bit. It's like, okay, I've just written, you know, essentially a western, more or less. And there's not a lot of action. I mean, there's not a lot of traditional action. You know? mm-hmm. there's, there's a. Um, uh, I very much wanted there to not be a gunfight. Um, Do
1: guns even show up in this? Sc- I don't. even remember I don't think a gun so. That, that show-
2: was a. That was something that I. I uh, there was one. Uh, in the scene at the uh, at the ghost town originally I don't think it's there anymore um, because I started thinking so many uh, so many things that I see that, that I like I feel let down by when they uh, they raise the tension by drawing weapons yeah um uh, and I've gotten into arguments with some of my friends uh, so uh, uh, inception uh, I love that movie okay mm-hmm. but uh, all this stuff's supposed to be happening inside the heads of the Characters, right? Mm-hmm. So in the great big final climactic scene, why are there guns and explosions? Mm-hmm. If this is all in the head, it would, to me it would have been much more interesting if they had been just manipulating their environment. Like, right. Like just trying to crush each other with mm-hmm. the environment. Right. And so I feel like sometimes that can add tension that it's it's almost a cop out. It's, it's too easy. You know, mm-hmm. look, I've got a thing that can kill you, so now I'm tense. Yeah. Um, So, what does that look like without that? And and I I was curious to see if I could do it. So uh, I think you did.
0: I think you did too. Good. Yeah. The. Um, I mean, he. I love that thing too, where he's like the choice of a character to try to crush a teacup in his hands. Right. Is so specific. Like he could have had that teacup and like oh. Listeners, I just picked something up because I'm <laughs> acting it out and I'm going to put it back down. You know, he could have just dropped it. Right. And he doesn't do that. He holds it. He's and, holding
1: you know, this rare right. thing hostage as yeah. a way to get Gwen out of the house. Yeah.
0: And for him to like be like, I'm going to crush this glass with my hand. Mm-hmm. That is... Ugh. And
1: I'm going to stare you in the eye the entire ugh, time when I'm doing it because I'm so doing intense. this to you. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: Uh, do you collect random weird things are you are no. you a collector at all
2: no well i just i don't know if you looked in my studio you'd probably say i am that's full of stuff
0: are you a collector of souls i am Is i this am yes,
2: you've you, you, you got dang it
0: that's I it we mm-hmm. got about well, what, a good
2: five
1: souls in the script here collected all together um
0: cute jack <laughs>
1: so what you've uh talked about plans as far as potential production on this yeah is this something that you're maybe shopping around to have somebody else pick up or do
2: you want to make oh, this i want yourself? to direct this uh this, yeah. this to me i wrote this to direct it um mm-hmm. cool. and, and uh that's that feels so self-absorbed but uh
0: why uh, well, well it's be, your baby be, it's it's
2: my baby but you know there are there are times when i wonder if uh you know you can get too close to something and then not deliver it as well as you might want to because you you don't see things that that uh, other people do. You know, like I said, with just uh, yeah. reading through the script, when people go, "Oh, what about that thing?" But that's why you surround yourself with a good production team, right? And, and you know,
0: people who get you, get yeah, your vision. Yeah,
2: and you know, I've got you know, in my in my lovely brain, I've got uh, my idea of the perfect team of people I've worked with, you know, on projects in the past who I just you know, we we I I, I teach a. a that you see in their, uh, in their new film school. And uh, one thing I teach my, it's an advanced filmmaking class and I I try to get them to understand that doing movies is hard. Dealing with other people is hard. Uh, You're always going to have that jerk or you're always going to have that monster. You're always going to have that. I've never had that happen. (laughs) Well, Um, give it time, man. But I've seen, you know, I've seen it. So uh, uh, I've seen other people have those situations. Uh, I've been blessed with some just amazing friends and amazing crews so, uh, but this but is. But even one, then,
1: that's a collaboration, right? There's other people that are influencing the yeah, work.
2: Yeah, and, and uh, so uh, you know, when we did the table read of this of the script, when I was still not sure that it was it was anything, um, everybody afterwards at some point came to me and said, "You got to do this. You, gotta you do got to do it. You got to do this." So, uh, I want to. Uh, I have to figure out how to get the money and how to have the time. Because uh, I don't think this is something that you do with your friends on weekends and evenings. Right. Okay, no. No. Yeah. years. Right? No. You
0: know you're going to go on sabbatical uh, at some point.
2: Uh, uh, I'm not faculty. Mm-hmm. I'm staff. All right. Well, you're going to So I have it. to become faculty. Listen, so I You'll figure break. it out. But I'll figure it out. You know, it's it's a uh, it's not a uh, it's it's right now it's just a matter of getting there. And uh, I've uh, there, there's there's a, a woman named Carrie O'Reilly who's a, a producer out of Dayton who's just uh, just phenomenal. She came and uh, taught in my class twice on a. The business of producing, and and I was startled the first time she came in about how much I don't know. I mean, I I started doing this in 1985, but only to a certain level and only in a certain arena. So mm-hmm. so the, the business side, the uh, the here's how you know think about you know your your funding and you know whether you're, whether you're bonded and and, and you know the contingencies and and all this financial stuff that that's still new to me, mm-hmm. and uh and so I'm kind of looking for for you know that person who knows how to do that to help yeah. me not make horrible mistakes. But I think um, you have a really
1: cool story here that I would very much like to see I would love play out to see on it. screen. Because I, yeah. I know the way it played out in my head as I was reading it and I, it's always sort of fun after you've read something then to see the way it. if it was actually to be made mm-hmm. to see just, it's to me the differences are fun.
2: Right. But, you know, And that's something that I've, I've really thought about a lot is, what would this look like? Mm-hmm. You know, should this be giant bazillion dollar Hollywood feature? Should this look like it was shot on a 16 millimeter camera back right. in
1: 1975?
2: You mm-hmm. know, of uh, well, these can, are the decisions that a director would have to make, right? And, and I can see, I can see both ways. My, my, my uh, personal—I lean towards the uh, way more expensive than anyone can afford. I want it to be brilliant, but uh, there's a there's a character. I mean, the film itself could be a character within the film, depending on the cinematography and memories. And, and oh God, sure, stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, well, even
0: if like the the flashbacks, quote flashbacks were different camera mm-hmm. style. Like if that was a film look,
1: yeah, as opposed could be. to
0: the rest, that'd be cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so if you're if if a piece of you is Saul, and you're at this big moment at the end where you have to make this decision whether you want to have this be your thing and f- make it on your own with with you know with the support from the people that you have or. The story gets told, but you're maybe letting it go into a bigger studio sort of picture that would have the resources to make it as big as it could be.
2: I think I got to do it. Okay. I mean, you, I was um, going to say
1: you didn't have to answer
2: right now. Well, but, no, because I mean, I've thought about that a lot. Because um, I think you could sell this pretty easily. Um, I've thought about that a lot. Uh, uh, and, and I struggle with it because uh, one thing I know, I'm not going to kid myself that if I sell it and give it away to somebody, it's, it's going to be a different film. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a different story when it comes out. It could be I me mean, yeah. uh, the, uh, the, the, the you I, lose the control. I, you lose the control and a director will have a different idea, and they 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 will they will change your script. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of that would be okay. Um, some of it wouldn't be consequential, but there's other bits they could they can make little changes that to me would make it unwatchable. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I could go and watch the film that means so much to me, not done the right way just to get it out there, right? now ask me in 2 years if i haven't had any success getting it out there and i might change my mind but uh, at this point i mean you know, i want to do it sure um is. uh i know how i know how it looks i know how it feels okay i know two ways it could look and i know how it but i know how it feels um and, and i want it to i want people to, to to you know if they see this film and they leave i want them to walk out of the theater with a sort of a sense of wonder you know like mm-hmm. like uh, you know just just uh, maybe see a little inside themselves mm-hmm. oh, god that sounds really
0: <laughs> it sounds awesome okay good. Sounds it sounds great it's a good intention and you um, know i also just thought too one of the things i see a lot um in film festivals is people making shorts that are then you know destined to become the feature right yeah
2: we, we, attention
0: to get funding yep do uh, you have the short version of this
2: i started the short cool. version of it um and uh, it's already sixty pages.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right. Well you go through a, loop, do a little polishing. I got, I got, this, is, got this is the little. beginning of but, it. But uh,
2: I actually uh, what I thought about doing was uh, the opening scene, mm. the, the thing scene you guys just read. Yeah. Um interspersed with uh, little pieces that are important from the rest of the story. I dig that. And uh, Showing so I can show some of the more interesting visuals, but for the most part, it's just Saul and Gwen on the bus. Yeah, um, and using that as a as a teaser, um, and uh, I actually I've, I've storyboarded that out and done an animatic, and and uh, it's close to being right, but uh, there are still some uh, some big pieces that I need to figure out. Like some some of the stuff, if you're gonna show a piece of this. Some of the stuff you need to show are going to be the things that make it visually impressive.
0: You know, and as I imagine that short where there's the two on the bus interspersed with things that actually happen in the script, the other piece of it that I would that I feel like isn't part of the script, but you might need in the short is like the love between Saul and his his wife wife without it being revealed that it's Gwen. So like maybe Mm. it's this indeterminate woman and there's flashbacks oh, to their life, you know, or, or like you see a woman painting a nursery and you're not really sure if that's the same woman. as. The see, one that's the
2: interesting bus, no. because, no. uh, th- that's, that's something that, uh, uh, someone else was mentioning to me is, uh, if you do the teaser, does the teaser have to only include the stuff in the story and not necessarily.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't um, think so. Doesn't have to. It doesn't could, have to. So. I mean, it could stand alone for yeah. all anybody knows, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Well, and that's how you get the first, you know, the first yeah. bites anyway. It's like, you know, so,
0: Someone says, "What do you want to do with this?" And you go, <laughs> well, "What do you should ask." <laughs> actually, here's my script. <laughs> here's my
1: proposal. I've got it all. I've got the plans. All the the, the storyboards all made. Mm-hmm. The animatics
0: were good. I always feel like people going after funding. So much of it is is having a good producer and having yes. good marketing, as you're building funding from one piece to the next. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: getting your awards, and then saying, "I got these awards," and mm-hmm. then. Shouting it out to everybody that you got and showing them everything and then then you get the bites. Yeah.
1: Well, with any luck, uh if people are listening to this and they're intrigued and they go on to scriptshopshow.com slash scripts, they can read into the sunset, which they absolutely should. Right. And uh potentially uh if it strikes their fancy in the right way, what's the best way for somebody to get a hold of you if they are uh moved by, by what by what you what you've written?
2: Oh probably Literally. the uh Long day. That's okay. It's
0: all that iced coffee you've been drinking. It, it is.
2: Of it. It's, uh it. It'd be my email address, the uh, KG Malloy, K-G-M-E-L-O-Y at gmail.com. What's your middle name? Gregory.
0: Gregory. Mm. Yeah. Kent Gregory Malloy. Mm. Cool. It's very soap opera-esque. It is, it is. Hi, I'm Kent Gregory <laughs> <laughs> just like that, it's nice. it doesn't play yeah. so well when
2: like the Bixby if like a Bixby type character like
1: that,
0: can't Gregory Malone I sure did <laughs> <need> mess <this laughs> up.
1: That you know that's because that's Bixby's voice in my head, by the way. Well, oh, it's
2: funny because that's kind of his voice in my head, but he would have to be completely different in the film. Mm. Okay, because uh, I think all the characters need to be not quite what you'd expect them. Mm-hmm. So, so approach the old famous gotcha. you know sidekicks, but don't duplicate them because it's already been done better than.
0: Than I'll you ever could ever do it. Do
2: it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Kent, thanks so much for coming yes. in.
2: Well, thanks for having me. This oh. has been fantastic.
1: It's been really Thank great. You.
0: We love it. And we love having you here. Yeah. All right. So uh, I guess this is where we asked Frank if he... We, oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. We got
1: to check in with Frank and make sure, did we do...
0: Did,
1: <laughs> have we done everything that we need to do, Frank?
3: You haven't done anything at the closing yet. That's why we're oh.
2: checking in with you.
1: Do it. Get on it. Frank, it- we're already at more than an hour on this
3: show here. You're the, I just want to make we'll sure just that do we're it's, okay. it's, it's worth it. It's a great, it's been a great podcast. I think people will stick around for a few more minutes.
0: Okay. Do uh, it. That's so supportive. Look at you. Hey guys, get on to iTunes or Facebook, wherever you like to. Write reviews. (laughs) Yelp. (laughs) Sure. Script shop the Yelp page. (laughs) Yeah, that exists. (laughs) Leave us a a review and a rating if you can. It helps us get the word out about our show and continue to talk to great screenwriters about their screenplays.
1: And if you enjoyed this show and if you enjoy what we do on a regular basis for you, we are on Patreon taking whatever uh, little bit you may want to throw our way. We would be very appreciative of it and would definitely put it right back into the show that you already enjoy listening to.
0: And we'd love to talk to you directly. You can reach out to us on Twitter twitter i'm your bestie Westie.
1: and i'm at script shop jack
0: and you can also catch us on facebook and instagram as well
1: and the, don't forget the independent film festival august 23rd 24th 25th right. in cincinnati's over the rhine neighborhood check it out uh frank is that everything that's all
0: <laughs> all right until next week friends that's a wrap
1: script shop was created by allison west